Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now this week, we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So I'll continue this week with some current events because I've been getting an awful lot. And um, so today I want to talk about, I guess, abortion. Oh, okay. So... um, Someone sent this article to me about Simone Biles. You know, the gymnast, gold medal, medal winner. You know, she won two Olympic medals in Tokyo, and then before that in Rio de Janeiro, what was her she won four gold medals. And, you know, I, she's... What's her specialty? I mean, gold medals in what? What is she? Gymnastics. Gymnastics, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, she... Um, she's a terrific gymnast she's a terrific athlete and you know she's got like a lot of uh, popular athletes a huge following on instagram and you know she was doing something on her instagram and she recently asked she's got actually 6.9 million instagram followers Hmm. and she asked her followers to submit their unpopular opinions. Initial topics were lighthearted, and Biles uh, weighed in on questions ranging from ketchup to the singer Beyonce. However, the tone shifted when a fan submitted their opinion that abortion is wrong. And in response, Biles wrote, I already know that this is going to start the biggest argument and may even lose followers, but I am very much pro-choice. Your body, your choice. And she proceeded to talk about the foster care system, noting also for everyone going to say, just put it up for adoption. It's not that easy. And coming from someone who is in foster care system, trust me, foster care system is broken and it's tough especially on the kids and young adults who age out and adoption is expensive i'm just saying she said and not surprising she got within hours 
lot of attention from Planned Parenthood affiliates <laughs> that praised the gymnast and thanked her for an incredible post. Meanwhile, pro-life leaders lamented her comments and some tweeted, incredibly sad and awful to have overcome a broken system as triumphantly as she has, yet wish death for other kids because they may face foster care is beyond fathoming. It is. It's, it's crazy. And so she responded, clarifying, I did not say I support to abort rather than to put children through the foster care system. What I did imply is that you should not control somebody else's body or decision. I can understand her saying you shouldn't control somebody else's body or decision, but neither should they. They shouldn't control the decision of whether or not that child should live or not. That, I mean, by her own statement, how are you going to condemn a baby to death? That's their body, their life. An innocent baby. Right. Who's speaking up for the innocent, the ones who can't speak for themselves? You know, well, anyway, the article goes on. This article came from Christian Post. And the, the article goes on saying that as has been well documented, Biles' biological mother struggled with drugs and alcohol, and Simone and her siblings were in and out of foster care for about three years. Adopted by her grandparents when she was six, she was raised by them and encouraged to pursue gymnastics. Significantly, she forgot her early upbringing and has used her platform to encourage children in foster care and worked with sponsors to provide clothes and school supplies for at-risk children. So she was in the foster care system for three years, and she didn't age out of the foster care system. She was adopted by her grandparents. When she was six years old. So Right, I, that's what know, I'm saying. How old is she now? She was in that. Uh, so 20, she was about 20, 20 right. something. So she was there from like three to six. Right, from years. Years of age. Right. So she gives the impression like she aged out of foster care. Like she was in there through uh, her teenage years. and Almost like up to her adult years. Right. And that she aged out of the program. She was in there for three years. And from six years old until adulthood, at least she, she did get she the was age. Being raised by her grandparents. At, See, that doesn't make any sense. At least she did get to live and age some, but right. babies don't or, live or she nothing. She, yes, yeah, she could have clarified and said, "I had friends who aged out," but she's given the impression that she did. And it says that, given her personal story, she should have plenty of reasons to be pro-life. She overcame great odds to I become one of the most the decorated thing. Olympic athletes of all time. Yet. Yes, Americans' foster system has its challenges and adoption can be traumatic. No one questions that life dealt Simone Biles a difficult hand. It's true that many children in her position struggle for the rest of their lives, but one of the reasons Biles' story has inspired so many is that she overcame the challenges that were dealt to her. And, um, you know, be embracing the popular slogan, My Body, My Choice, they say is tragic. Right, based upon the fact that she uses foster care as an example of how people shouldn't have to be uh, brought up in that type of a broken system. She wasn't system. supported. She right. wasn't... Right, and she wasn't brought up in that pro broken system either. Uh, I think, too, that 
You're going to have that stance. You should have, we should have that stance when it comes to people with vaccines. You know, they should have a right to have their body. It's their choice. So, because they have, because you see the double standards. Yeah. One minute they, they stand for it when it's abortion, but when it comes down to if somebody say, my body, my choice, when it comes to vaccines, oh, you can't, you don't have a right. Screw your right. Right. Your individual rights become compromised. And I just, I just feel that they're sad. And I think she's being deceitful. I actually do. I think that basically I, I imagine she does remember, but I'm thinking she's probably basing her statements on the experiences of other people who have been raised in foster care, who have grown out of foster care, because she can't, because she wasn't. I know, but is that a reason to have, you know, say that that person should have been aborted? That's what I'm saying. Is that a reason to say, oh, she should have died? No. Or they didn't make it all the way, they aged out of foster care, so no, that no. one should have been dead. Right, no, I'm saying, ago. I'm saying, no, there is no excuse, there is no reason, but she brings it up as if, as if it's an excuse, and as if it's a, a reason, but the problem is, she never experienced it. Now, she was raised a practicing Roman Catholic, uh, grew up attending mass with her grandparents, she travels with her rosary, made it a practice to light a candle to St. Sebastian, the patron saint of athletes before big events. And although many professing Catholics hold positions on moral issues, contrary to Catholic social teaching, like Joe Biden and you know Nancy Pelosi, they, they too are outspoken supporters of abortion. It's important to remember that the Catholic Church itself is firmly opposed to abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, so toward the end of this article, it says Christians observing the latest news cycle featuring Olympic gymnasts should do a few things. First, they should pray for Simone Biles. She's been under a lot of scrutiny over the past five years, both due to her amazing athletic ability, her advocacy for sexual abuse survivors like herself, and this scrutiny also only intensified when she temporarily withdrew from competition due to mental health. Second, Christians should study what the Bible teaches on abortion. Yes, I feel like somehow yeah, it, it, her sexual abuse, you know, maybe that has a factor too, but still, you know, that does not give people, women who have become pregnant, the right to end the life of a child. Someone has to speak up for the child. You know, and, and I guess there's a trend that say that people who identify as Christian claim that the Bible is just fine with abortion. But I don't think no, so. I don't know where I, they, they get that. Or at uh-oh. least indifferent. You know, uh, what I think happens is like when the Lord tells them, like when he told them because of the wickedness of a certain nation, he would tell them that to spare no one, not the women, not the women who are pregnant with children, not the children. Yeah. But the Lord never, that's, that is something that was uh, directed or commanded by, by the Lord. 
but for man to take it upon themselves themselves to just simply decide that they're going to end the life because for whatever reason it's, it's too complicated they don't want the responsibility the Lord never condoned any such thing just like he said he was going to bring an enemy upon Israel that they had never heard of before he said and they're not going to be persuaded with gold or silver it won't mean anything to them uh, the, the age of a person whether they were young, whether they were old, was not going to mean anything to them. The fact that the women were with child, this is not going to mean anything to them. So because of their sins, the Lord brought that type of judgment upon them, that type of chastisement. But that's, that's different. When people in their own wickedness, in their own lust, in their own flesh, in their own self-interest takes a life, that's murder. Yeah, he said he hate the hands that shed innocent blood. Right. Anyway, moving on. Um, this article is from ChristianHeadlines.com. Uh, the Biden Justice Department is under criticism by religious liberty advocates after it dismissed a Trump-era lawsuit against a Vermont hospital that allegedly forced a Catholic nurse to assist with an abortion. The lawsuit was filed against the University of Vermont Medical Center by the Department of Justice in the final weeks of 2020 more than one year after the hospital received a notice of violation in 2019 alleging it violated a federal law that protects the conscious conscience rights of individuals who object to abortion. The notice of violation had been filed by the Trump Department of Health and Human Services, but recently the Biden Justice Department filed a one-page notice in federal court stating it was dismissing the lawsuit according to the Bur Burlington Free Press. No reason was given for the dismissal. The unnamed nurse had filed a complaint in 2018 um, with the HHS Office for Civil Rights. The office subsequently found that the hospital forced the nurse complainant to assist in an abortion against the nurse's religious or moral objection according to the 2019 HHS news release. The uh, director for the Office for Civil Rights during the Trump administration criticized the Biden Justice Department for dropping this suit. Without so much a, as a slap on the wrist, it was, clear, it was a clear favor to abortion special interests and a spit in the face of not only the victim in the case, but the many medical professionals who have suffered conscience violations through the years and will continue to suffer, but now with little hope of recourse from their government. Um, the nurse was not told the procedure was an abortion when she did it until the nurse walked into the room. And when the doctor, knowing the nurse objected to assisting in abortions, told the nurse, don't hate me, the nurse again objected and other staff were present and could have taken the nurse's place, but the nurse was required to assist with the abortion anyway. They interviewed multiple witnesses in 2019 and the hospital had said that it strengthened its already compliant provider opt-out opt policies and practices. So I know that's an issue for a lot of nurses. Um, yes. Many. And it's... And it's traumatic, you know. It, it's not easy right. assisting in an like, abortion. Right, like the woman said, she was for abortion until she actually saw 
uh, an abortion and she saw the baby running from the the, uh -huh. the, 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 the I guess the the surgical weapon that you know the tool that they used to rip the baby apart uh -huh. she said the baby was, was fighting for his life and uh, she said after that she could never again say she realized that the babies were babies and they're not just some figment of somebody's imagination now Texas said that 95% of the abortions that are performed are performed that way where they bring the baby out of the womb in pieces but what the law said and Texas won this lawsuit the law says that you have to listen for the heartbeat if the heart isn't beating then they're saying the baby is dead in the womb then you could you can perform that type of extraction but if you have a heartbeat you cannot so that's as early as like six weeks you can't do it well uh, they they were going to take them to court, but the court sided with Texas. It's like, right, they've been ignoring that part of the law and literally ripping babies out of the wombs of the mothers while they were yet living. Now, it, I don't know what doctor, what nurse, what clinical person, whoever it is that performs these types of abortions, I don't, I don't see how they sleep at night. Mm-hmm. They're killing children. Well, anyway, I have this article here from Christian Headlines that someone sent to me about the 30th Texas city bans abortion and declares itself sanctuary city for the unborn. A central Texas city recently became the 30th active jurisdiction in the state to ban abortion and declare itself a sanctuary city for the unborn when its commissioners unanimously passed an ordinance prohibiting the procedure. Eastland, Texas, a city of about 4,000 residents, located about 90 miles southwest of Fort Worth, um, became the 30th active jurisdiction. The ordinance does not penalize the woman seeking abortion, but instead holds those who profit from taking the child's life accountable. Texas Right to Life applauds the efforts of Eastland's pro-life citizens in bold defense of life and urges other cities across Texas to join the growing movement to protect women and pre-born children. The state's Sanctuary City for the Unborn movement began in 2019 when the city of Wascom, located just a few miles from Louisiana, passed a resolution prohibiting abortion and declaring itself a sanctuary city. Nearly all of the sanctuary cities do not have abortion clinics. The exception is Lubbock, Texas, where voters earlier this year passed a measure banning abortion. After it passed, the Planned Parenthood clinic in the city stopped performing abortions. So if people speak up, if they stand their ground and say, we believe God's word, and we believe life is sacred, and we believe that, you know, you shouldn't abort. Uh, uh, you know, resist. Like, the, like uh, it says, in, I think in James, resist the enemy and he will flee. Right. So the end of the article says, you and your community can take matters into your own hands by petitioning your local government to protect unborn children. Referencing cities that have passed such resolutions, uh, this website adds the, these victories occurred because citizens boldly asked their local governments to take a stand against Roe v. Wade and the abortion industry. 
everybody can follow their example and lead the way for your town to be the next sanctuary city for the unborn. Right, and, and people should be aware that most of these clinics are in the neighborhoods that are the most economically disadvantaged. Right, right, because they feel like... Why are you poor and having kids? <laughs> That's rich people, they feel that rich people can do whatever they want, can afford to do whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's another article uh, from Christian Headlines. Former Vice President Mike Pence says he believes the country is becoming more pro-life and that it's well possible that the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, will give the pro-life movement the victory they'd long desired. He was recently speaking at a gathering of the young America's Foundation in response to a question about the future of pro-life movement. Life, Pence said, is a gift from God. I've been in the pro-life movement since I was about your age, he said, and I've, been ne I've never been more optimistic that we are close to the day that we will restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law. Um, I think if we come with a conviction about essential, critical nature of life and at the center of our laws, and we come with the compassion that has characterized this movement, movement, I think it is well possible that the new majority on the Supreme Court of the United States will give us a fresh start. So let's be heard. Let's speak out. Let's pray for the day that we send Roe v. Wade to the ash heap of history. Yes, and I, and I, I think it's just... Uh, sad. I don't know how accurate the, the statistics are, but they say that for the first time, the number of abortions exceeded the number of births, so that basically the United States had a negative growth factor because they were killing more children than were being born. Now, you know, that's just sad. He says that we need to remember that abortion impacts two lives. Right. Not just the baby, but the mother. And the father. They seem like they forget all about the dad. Mm -hmm. Well, I, th I think, but I think the mother who makes that decision, I think it haunts her. I mean, some people. Some, yeah. Some, the conscience are seared with a hot iron. Anyway, another article is uh, anti-abortion activists at the Supreme Court cite an unlikely authority for overturning Roe v. Wade. And it says that um, the unlikely authority for their arguments that Roe v. Wade is a misguided ruling that deserves to be overturned is Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She died last September and she's invoked repeatedly in many of the 70 friend of the court briefs urging the Supreme Court to use a Mississippi case this fall to overturn the nearly 50-year-old precedent that established a woman's, woman's constitutional right to an abortion. The Supreme Court will review Mississippi law, which is seen as a threat to Roe v. Wade. Uh, Mississippi, which is defending a law that would ban most abortions after 15 weeks, is asking the court to overturn the 1973 Roe and a 1992 decision in Planned Parenthood 
versus Casey that reaffirmed a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy before viability. So they're quoting everything that they can possibly find from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, all of her quotes, all of her writing, her speeches, her, um, and using it in to try to sway the Supreme Court to, um, don't listen to Mississippi. <laughs> so I don't. Um, so she doesn't want them to listen to Mississippi? Well, you know, Mississippi is defending a law that would ban most abortions. Good, okay. And so activists that are pro-abortion are submitting arguments mm -hmm. to the Supreme Court feeling like they could sway the Supreme Court in this situation. They, they don't want Mississippi to win. And they, I guess not, but I just don't understand how they can even logically argue uh, women have this particular right over the child's life, that their life is more valuable than that of the child. It doesn't make any sense. It absolutely does not make any sense. So instead of submitting briefs that are based on, I don't think, I, 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 this is just my opinion, on law and um, past practices, they're submitting briefs based on what former Justice Ginsburg has said or talked about or mm. how she felt right. or her opinions. Yeah, but that's just her opinion. I mean, when you, when you get down, right down to it, it's basically everybody's is just their opinion, but what's reasonable? I mean, you, 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 you just cannot ignore the fact that the baby has a life and that the baby has a right. The fact that the baby happens to be inside someone's womb does not make it any less of a child. It's still a child. Certainly is. So we'll have to continue next week because we're out of time. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Proverbs 27 and 12. A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but what happens afterwards? And the answer is, his mouth gets filled with gravel. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, which reads, bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. This week's food for thought is what left-handed man sent a present to Eglon, the king of Moab? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>